we were all competitive about Pac-Man and uh, just like the high, who could get the highest score. And the joke was like uh, my brother's like was saying to me uh, the night before he, he, my dad passed away, he beat my dad's high score that he had held for a while. And I was like, God damn it, that's probably what pushed him over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> everyone i am here again whether you like it or not this is david ferugio and we are on another episode of what is called dead talks where i'm bringing on a new guest whom we have today to discuss their story and their intimacy and their experience with losing a loved one so without further ado i actually met this young gentleman off instagram it's very millennial of us but uh he found me i guess he saw something i posted about dead talks and he was willing to share his story and the most impressive part about it was the fact that he's 19 years old and he um, is wise and mature beyond his years just on the basic phone call that we had before leading up to today. And uh, so I don't talk too much. I'm going to let him do the proper introduction and kind of get us started. But uh, welcome, Spencer Sundley. Well, thank you for that introduction. Uh, so I'll get jump right into it. Uh, my dad uh, died July 18th of 2018, or July 8th, sorry, of 2018. Uh, I was only 17 at the time, and I'll kind of talk to you about the the day it happened, because there wasn't any, it was such a surprise. There was no, like, symptoms or anything like that, so the day it happened, I was actually uh, in Santa Cruz. I'm originally from Northern California, born and raised uh, near Sacramento, uh, in a small city named uh, Roseville, but uh, me and a couple buddies, we went out to Santa Cruz. I'd just seen my dad Two days before, everything was cool. Played our usual game of Madden. Uh, whooped his ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Noted. It's on record now. Yep. Um, and uh, so we were just enjoying Santa Cruz. Um, and at the time, my parents were divorced. I lived with my mom, and then my brother lived with my dad in a city that's right next to Roseville. So it was only like a five-minute drive. So I could see him whenever. Um, but yeah, we were in Santa Cruz enjoying the time. Um, I came back. It was a full day. Came back around 8 p.m. or so. Um, and he passed away actually early, earlier than that, but I didn't get the phone call until I got all the way back to Roseville, uh, just cause they didn't want to, you know, mess with my head or anything while I was driving. Uh, I, I got the news and, uh, instantly had to run over there. Uh, my brother who was, uh, at the time, let's see, I'm 17, he was 20. Uh, he's the one who found him. Uh, he was on the floor, just unconscious. And, uh, from there, yeah, um, I just ran over there busted out in tears, of course. Um, and then uh, it was a long night. Um, he didn't really have any other family besides me and my brother. So we were just uh, handling everything. And uh, my parents had been divorced for over 12 years or so. Okay. And so she didn't want to like, you know, not not deal with it. She was there for us, obviously, emotionally, but it was more up to us. Um, and that's why I think my experience is a little unique because I didn't really have time to like mourn. Because uh, I, I soon after like the that day of like crying and, you know, coming to the, with the fact that, you know, he's, he's gone now. Um, we just had to jump into all the legal stuff that comes with it, you know, transferring titles, all that planning his service for his friends. Um, and so I didn't really have time to mourn. Um, and I was leaving for college that August as well. Wow. So it was a quick, so what happened exactly? So you said, I know you said you found him, but was there ever any determination as to yeah. what it was? Well, the, the only thing the coroner gave us was it was natural causes. Just and that was it. Causes. They didn't say, I mean, he was, he was a bit of a drinker. So I think that kind of had a, a role in it. Um, the only thing I can remember is when he went to the hospital like a couple weeks prior, but then they cleared him and they sent him, he was all good. And he just had to 
take some medication and he would have been fine. It was weeks before you said? Yeah, it was like, uh, it was weeks before he went to the hospital, but they were like, uh, he was there for like a day and they were like, yeah, you're fine. Just, you know, take this antibiotic and you'll be fine. So if you don't mind me getting into more detail on that, on that night, how was he found? He was just passed out. Yeah, he, then- he was on the floor. Uh, my brother, cause my brother worked at Harley and so he had to get, he had in Sacramento, which is about 25 minute drive from where I live. He uh, had to, he usually gets up early. Um, so did my dad for his job. So they never really saw each other in the morning. Um, and so when he came back, uh, well, let's backtrack here. He, uh, the night before he didn't see my dad either. Cause he came back late from work mm-hmm. and he just figured out oh, my dad's sleeping, you know, and then in the morning just got up and went to work. So I think he actually, I think he actually passed away the night before, but we didn't know because just cause my brother hadn't seen him. Um, and so my brother finally was like, okay, what's going on here? Like, I haven't seen you in like a full day. Like usually we cross paths. Mm. So he went into the room and, uh, found him just cold, cold. So it might've been some time. So what is, uh, what does that feel like? Cause you said natural causes. I don't mean to question that, Yeah, but, but he wasn't old. He was he was no, an old he was, guy. He was 52. So when you say natural causes, was it kind of just passed off? Cause I don't understand how they could determine being 52 and being, like, I, don't, I feel like that's not natural. Yeah, no, I definitely, I mean, that's just what was on the death certificate and everything wow. when they told us. Um, and we can't, we couldn't really get any more information. We tried. Um, and I don't they know didn't, if that would even do anything. Like, if, yeah. you, if you did know, I mean, it is what it is, but you mentioned the drinking. Yeah. So I think, I think the drinking, he was a pretty heavy drinker. Um, so I think that might've been one of the causes. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe he didn't take the medication that was given to him. I'm not exactly sure because they did find the bottles, but I didn't know the exact day he got admitted and how many he had taken before, you know, I don't know if he was taking the correct dosage or what exactly happened. So when you said you don't have enough time to mourn, um, and you said your mom was there emotionally, but where wasn't she? If you're saying she was there Um, emotionally, she just, she didn't want to deal. Like we set up the service. We, you know, uh, booked the venue, got the food for every, like everything that comes with a service, Mm -hmm. you know, picture, uh, we, he wanted to be cremated. So we did that. Um, and, uh, we pretty much, we set up everything. She was kind of there for like, you know, guidance, but not really. Cause she has, she's never dealt with that. Both her parents are still alive. Right. Um, and so, I mean, it's not that she wasn't there. It was just that we did, you know, everything in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like there was obviously there was like possessions that had to be, um, sent to us and everything like that. So we've dealt with that, like cars, titles, stuff like that. So she wasn't there for like, you know, the logistical stuff of setting everything up and illegal stuff, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no. But so if you don't mind me asking about her again, where where was she exactly? How was she handling it? And then I want to lead to how how you guys handled it if you guys are on your own at such a young age. Yeah. So, I mean, she was she was sad at first, but at the same time, they had been separated for over 12 years or so, or actually like 15 years. Right. Um, so it's not like the, you know, the connection wasn't there anymore. Um, but, you know, she was... She was there in the sense, like, you know, if I like when I to comfort me when I was like crying when I, on the first night and everything like that. But I think the reason she wasn't there as much is how we handled it. Um, uh, we just, you know, we have this mindset of just it happened, there's nothing you can do. Um, and we've just, you know, came to the acceptance, you know, he's he's passed away and we can't bring him back. So I think once we accepted that, we were just okay with it and uh, just uh, you know, the morning kind of passed. How did how did you get that understanding? Is that something you've always been your whole life, or how do you? Because that that's how I see it. I, I think we have a, a very relatable sense of understanding in that sense. Yeah. Um, but how did you come to terms with that? It seems like it's innate with you. Yeah, I think I think it just it was just kind of like instinct. 
it wasn't like, uh, you know, I was, you know, mad at anybody for it because I knew it was no one else's fault. I think that's just how I view the world in a sense. And so I was just, as soon as it happened, I mean, not as soon as it happened, but obviously like within a day or so, I was just like, again, it, there's nothing I can do. I'm a firm believer in being like, there's no reason to be angry because, I mean, that's not going to get you anywhere. Right. So that's that's just kind of how I viewed it. And I think because I view the world kind of like that, uh, it translated for when he passed away. Did your brother handle it the same way? Yeah, I think it hit him a little bit harder. Um, I was very close to my dad, but he was like really, really close to my dad. He lived with him longer. Um, and uh, my dad had previously lived in Oregon. And uh, my brother actually lived with him up there as well when I didn't. So he kind of had a little bit more of a connection with my dad. So it hit him, I think, a lot harder. And I think especially because he was the one who found him, that yeah. hit pretty hard. Yeah, that's a totally different experience. Because, yeah, I didn't I didn't experience that. Uh, I, I mean, I got to see him one last time. Obviously, they asked if I wanted to say goodbye. Um, but I didn't find him just on the ground. Has you your know? brother expressed that experience to you and talk about it? Yeah, I mean, he, he I think uh, within a day or so, yeah, he talked about it. Just because, you know, we're, me and my brother are like best friends. Okay. So, you know, we share everything. We're super close. Wow. So in regards to um, you not mourning, yeah, is that still stand like to where you are today? In regards, to, like, have you have you felt the process of mourning? Because, you know, that's a natural process to just push it off aside. I'm not sure how that goes. Yeah. So you know, I think um, it's not that I just you know I'm over mourning. It's just uh, I don't think I ever get the opportunity to talk about it. How so? What do you mean? So I mean, like, because no one. I mean, it's hard to bring up in a conversation, right? Okay, so you're talking like, in regards to more. I'm saying yes. Yeah, so talking about it for yeah. sure. I'm, I'm glad to have that fucking experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really it's, it's amazing. That's why we're doing this. Um, but in regards to the mourning process, unless I'm mean, I, I'm not saying I have a complete understanding about it. Yeah. But there's other ways you can mourn besides just talking about it. Even though I think that's part of the healing process. Yeah. But did you ever? When was there time to contemplate? So when you say mourning, you're just talking specifically. I never really spoke about it. Yeah, speaking about it, and I guess yeah. I mean, I know since thinking about it. Um, the only time it really comes back up is cause me, me and my dad were super big Steelers fans, mm -hmm. watched every game together, didn't miss one. Uh, we actually, even two years prior to him passing away, we went out to Pittsburgh and went to Pir all the pirate stadium, Steelers stadium, big Pittsburgh sports fans. So, um, I think when like Steelers, that season hit afterwards, that's when I really mourned. Cause I just, that's when it hit me the most. Yeah. Cause I was like the first Sunday where I was like, Oh, like this is real. Do you think you ever saw yourself pushing it to the side or because you it seemed like you accepted this yeah. very fast? I think I did push it to the side a little bit um, once because we do, you know, we're planning everything. And so my biggest mindset was just trying to get the stuff done mm -hmm. just because I don't I just didn't want to. It's not that I didn't want to deal with it anymore. I just didn't want to deal with the legal side of it. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Um, and then when I was uh, I was like I said, I was leaving for college in that August. So it was also like there were so many things on my mind at the time. Uh, when I was like, yeah, I think I did push it off. So when I went to college, it was just kind of like, okay, I need to focus on school, get my real estate license, stuff like that. Yeah. It's interesting when you, you know, when you accept something as like, it is what it is, it is what it is. But at the same time, I think there's a fine line between just saying it is what it is and not processing it. Uh, you know, sometimes things just, and things kind of creep on you in moments like that, which is nothing wrong with that. I mean, if anything, it's, you know, I think that's part of the mourning process, do you think you still push it aside or do you think you've, where, where are you with it now? I, I, you know, that's a, that's a good question. I, uh, it's like yes and no. There's times where I'm like, okay, it's an, I, I, all of a sudden I'm sad. You know, I'm like, especially like when his birthday comes around or like the anniversary of his death, uh, me and my brother usually, you know, we'll get on the phone and talk to each other just cause we're both kind of feeling it. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think I still kind of push it off just cause I mean, 
I'm bu- I'm very busy and like I don't and I want it's hard to say like I don't have time for it because like I still like super like you know mourn it and like I miss them. But yeah, I think I think I do still kind of push it to the side, which is kind of why I wanted to do this because it gives me a chance to talk about it and like really dive into it. Yeah. So you're saying uh, your brother kind of took it a little harder. Where's, yeah. How's he doing right now? Like today? Cause it's only been two, two years. Yeah, two years. Yeah, man, that's still a fresh wound. Yeah. No, I mean he's doing a lot better. I think he's kind of the same way where he's kind of push it off. Cause uh, every once in a while he'll send me like a picture of my dad or something that just he runs into and he's like, you know, missed him a little extra today. Uh, how are you doing? Cause, uh, he still lives in Northern California and I live right. in San Diego now. Yeah. So you guys find, I remember you told me before the mic started, I said, I wanted to remind you yes, this just in case definitely. you didn't bring it up. You guys said you were cracking jokes. Yeah. Right? Within that- hours after it happened, just cause that's again, who we are. We're, uh, big jokesters. I mean, even my dad said, you know, when he, like when I pass away, I don't want anybody crying. Yeah. I want people to be laughing and celebrating. So that's actually what we did for a service as well, but I'll dive in. So we have this, uh, there we're super competitive in my family. And even when it comes to video games, and there's yeah, clearly, this... Clearly, that's how we started the episode. You opened your dad's ass in Madden. So. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he uh, uh, had this game where it was just a bunch of arcade games, but we were all competitive about Pac-Man and uh, just like the high, who could get the highest score. And the joke was like uh, my brother like, was saying to me, uh, the night before he, he, my dad passed away, he beat my dad's high score that he had held for a while. Okay. And I was like, God damn it. That's probably what pushed him <laughs> over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. it wasn't the alcohol it wasn't no it was, it was the Pac-Man, Pac-Man. yeah Damn, and yeah. so that I mean I, I was glad I said that I'm yeah. glad we kind of joked about it because it, we were we were bawling our eyes out of and that kind of you know got us to stop and kind of breathe and stuff like that so I, I know I asked a while uh, earlier in the episode that you were just was this innate that your clarity and having understanding so quickly in yeah. my opinion I, I haven't heard that too often uh you know, I wonder if that's how my mom took it because she grabbed the bull by the horns and kind of just dove forward like you did. Were your parents your parents were t- were they together at the time? Yeah, yeah. My okay. my mom was still with my dad, and then he then he passed. Okay, so it was a different, I guess, a different dynamic. Um, I mean, I can understand where your mom stood. You know, they're apart yeah. for that long. Yeah, and he she'd been remarried for ten years, so yeah. I mean, I, I understood it. I wasn't like you know mad or anything at her for it. No, I was for like sure. I was like, this is my dad. Yeah. So. Yeah, and the fact that you guys handled that at such a young age that takes uh, a lot of balls. Yeah, and, and big up- big shout out to my brother. My brother did a lot of it too because. I was only 17 at the time. Right. So he, I couldn't sign anything because I wasn't a legal adult. Oh, yeah. And so my brother had to – he had to take on more of the, the load than I did. And you're saying your dad, uh, you know, he's, he doesn't want anyone to cr- like be sad when he goes. Yeah. Do you think that resonates with how you're understanding? Did he kind of prep you without understanding he was prepping you? Yeah, I think in a way he did. I mean I kind of felt it. I, I remember one of your episodes, I think it was Guillermo, right, that talked about it. Right. Um, I kind of felt that I might have, I might lose him at an earlier age just because his dad actually passed away when he was 17. Oh. Um, and, uh, he had, he had always talked about it. Like, you know, he lost both his parents pretty young. Um, so I don't, that's why I'm saying I don't have any family on that side. They actually all passed away. Even, uh, my uncle passed away at like 54. So I was just, I mean, it's not like I was prepared for it, but I was kind of like in the back of my mind, I was like, I might lose him at a young age. So I wonder if that's something that. Not that you were prepping yourself for it, but since it was on your mind, you like almost accidentally played it in your head and it was yeah. like you were almost prepared for it. Yeah, no, I might have, yeah. Why do you think you thought, did you think you just thought that just because you saw it happen, just because simple fact that you saw it happen? To your I dad? think it was a mixture of just because my dad, yeah, because my dad talked about it. Because um, I, I never met him, uh, my, my grandpa on my dad's side. So he had always talked about him and how he died. He was actually, 
uh, in an, an explosion on the Benicia Bridge. I don't know if you know where that's at in the Bay Area. Um, big, big bridge. But uh, yeah, he died in an explosion at seven, when my dad was 17. No shit. And so that kind of prepped me. But also I think the when it really hit me was my uncle passing away. Why is that? Because he passed away, I think, almost identical. Like 54 natural causes. Um, but he was also a heavy drinker. So I kind of was like, okay, you know, like this is kind of weird, like to lose, you know, my grandpa when he was super, when my dad was young and then also my uncle when he's only 50 something years old. Wait, so I'm sorry, this happened after your dad or this happened within the last two years? No, this happened before your dad. This was before my dad passed away. My uncle passed away. Like, I think it was a year or two before. Did it hit you emotionally or hit you like, what the fuck? I was just, it was more like, what the fuck? It was like, I mean, cause we were, cause he, my dad called me when uh, he found out that his brother passed away. Uh, and I was like, you're kidding. Like he's 50, I just 50 something years old. Plus you have a brother. So just the idea of thinking about yeah, that. losing my brother and it hit my dad pretty hard. Yeah. Um, but he was always an upbeat guy. So I, I never thought of anything like, you know, how it hit, how it affected him. Did you, oh, uh, so are you saying you, you haven't really spoke about it after your dad called you? Did you guys ever, did you ever? Well, we like, we definitely reached out and like, you know, how are you doing dad? Like we want to make sure he was all right. And I mean, he seemed, it hit him hard at first, but you know, after time, I think he, uh, kind of also got past it in a way, which might actually be a reason why I got, you know, or got that understanding of, uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, Cause I saw it from my dad. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm kind of seeing as well. Like you're, I mean, you're a reflection of the people you spend your most time with and you're yeah, your father and for you, sure. Yeah. You had a great relationship with them. That's beautiful. So I was, I'm real, I was really interested in hearing how you, ha- it's still amazing to me. You know what I mean? Like little, at any age, you gotta know that, uh, the fact that you're handling it, this cool comic collected, you just got to make sure that, you know, if there's anything left in you, just, yeah, it's, it's cool to let it out. You know what I mean? I'm For not, sure. I'm not saying, don't start, you better fucking start crying right now. Otherwise, this episode is going to suck. Yeah. This uh, isn't airing if I'm not crying. No, but it's, it's super. Yeah, exactly. We're going to cut it. Uh, no, but it's, I guess I have friends that, you know, are 10 years down the road, 12 years down the road, and they're still figuring things out and they still haven't even accepted it. And yeah. I don't think there's a rhyme or reason or a correct, correct way to do it. Yeah. But like I said, you uh, you kind of bit the bullet pretty quick. That's kind of like – like I said, that's why I wanted to kind of share. Uh, when I saw your your Instagram story, I was like, oh, man, this would be perfect. I get to you know, talk about it, something that I never get to talk about. Because like I said, I mean how do you – how does someone bring that up in conversation? Yeah, but, that's 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 kind of interesting yeah. because I'm, I have friends that learn, learn about my story. I was like, oh, Dave, I didn't even know about that. And I'm like, you like – yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be like, hey, what's up, man? My name's Dave. My dad died in 9-11, so you want to get yeah. a drink? Well, I'm interested to hear, how do you handle it? If someone starts talking about, like, your dad, what do you what do you say? Do you just go along with it or, like? Uh, yeah, sometimes I like to mess with people, but it really just depends on the person. My simple response, and I'm kind of if I'm putting on air now, it's going to ruin it for every time I say it from <laughs> here on out. But the immediate response when people uh, hear someone lost is, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, is like the quickest, most cliche way to respond yeah, to something. definitely. I catch myself saying that, but I also don't want to – it's hard. Sometimes you can't really say anything and it's just a pat in the back or what do you say? I don't even know what to yeah, say. Yeah, because I mean sometimes I just go – like if they start talking about it, I just go along with it like he's still there just because I feel like that's the easiest way. Oh, you're just Yeah, like, sometimes because I'm just like – if it, especially if it's someone I don't really know. It's just like I don't want to – it's like kind of – then it's like I don't want to dive into it. Or I just don't want that I'm sorry response, you know? So you, you're pretty much if someone that you don't know very well, you just rather than say I lost money, you just kind of like just yeah, let just it go blow. with it. it. How I I you know know my dad stuff like that. Interesting. Do you think that has any implication of how when I mentioned you're kind of like are you pushing it aside? Yeah, I think that might be. Yeah, I don't know if it's me pushing it aside or just me not it's wanting. Literally, I don't want to talk to this person want, about it. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I, I think I, I've definitely done that before. But when people ask me or mention it, 
I'm just like, yeah, my dad died. And then I think they're kind of taken back by the fact that I'm comfortable saying it like that. Cause it gets yeah. awkward when people mention it. It's like, uh, Oh my God. And it's like, I always say this is a talking about death is usually a very whispered conversation. Yeah, for sure. And that's how it gets. Like they asked me, Oh, like, does your, your dad and mom live in there? And I'm like, well, my dad's dead. And sometimes <laughs> I, mess, I mess with them because I, I, I can't help it. It's just like, it's funny for me to get a reaction when yeah. I say it so bluntly like that. And they're like, oh my God. But no, it's okay. I'm, I'm cool with it. You know, it is what it is. And then their voice kind of goes down. But you, yeah, like I, I mean, said, most people just say, I'm sorry. But I, my response, what I was getting at, and I got way off the track <laughs> here, is what? You didn't do it. You didn't kill my dad. Yeah. Why are you saying sorry? But I get what they're saying. It's yeah. hard from that side to even fathom what to say. Because even when people tell me that someone close to them passed away, I I don't know what to say. Like I'll, I go I go with the I'm sorry as well, or I'm sorry to hear that. And it's easy out. Yeah. You know what I mean, like I think I don't think anyone gets pissed by that. I'm just an asshole and like to mess around with people. But yeah. I think that's really it. It's like I'm oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. But I think I also do what you do sometimes. I'll make a joke about it. Yeah. Like when my girlfriend will be talking about her dad or something, I'd be like, well, my dad's dead, so yeah. get, get over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's making light of it, and some yeah. people think it's bad taste, but I think it's it's out of respect. Like it sounds like you had a great relationship with your dad. Yeah, He specifically sure. said, I don't want anyone crying. So yeah. like to us, it's whatever. And that's like I think my dad wouldn't mind making a joke. Like usually since it was 9-11, I, I, I'm trying to – evolve the joke even more and now yeah. i have to since people are listening to it but uh it's not like the last person i think asked me i was like what you you're down you're, you were the one that drove the plane or like you know, it's really messed up yeah, I understand that. but yeah what do you say i mean i don't even know what to say sometimes with when i hear people come on here and talk yeah. there's really no right words i'm more of like a pat in the back type of guy yeah yeah you know i mean just sure. like i'm here um but that's kind of the point of the conversation is the fact that you're able to talk about it already you know tears is pretty fresh yeah uh, I think that goes a long way. All I got to say is that, you know, when you mentioned that you felt it a little more that first was Steelers game. Or was it yeah, Pirates it was the game? first first Steelers game. Yeah, yeah and there's a little more. That's going to happen. For, that's going to happen for the longest yeah, time. It might be sure. every time, but that was the first one. Just got to be cautious of, you know, when you do feel it, it's okay to let it out. Like, yeah. like I said there's a, earlier, there's a fine line between just saying it is what it is mm -hmm. and just pushing it out. Like, it's yeah. very easy to say, oh, you know, it is what it is and I'm going to keep going. That's I think that's a good that's a good idea in my opinion. Yeah. But you got to be careful because I found myself doing the same thing and I didn't realize that I was suppressing things. I was yeah. suppressing feelings. Well, that's why I think that I feel like this is really good. Like, I feel good, like, talking about it and it, it just feels good to actually talk about it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, even with the Steelers games, yeah, it's going to be with me for the rest of my life. But I think my family, you know, really noticed at first. So I usually get like texts from my mom and my brother like, oh, yeah, I saw the Steelers, you know, they're doing good or they'll talk Steelers with me. So yeah. that way I still get that, that, that Sunday that I used to get with my dad. Right. So how do you view death now? I think I same thing. Same thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, and there's nothing, I think the biggest thing is there's nothing I can do to bring them back. And I think that's, that's really strong, really powerful. Um, because the quicker you realize that the quicker you can be happy. Right. It's acceptance. And like, just acceptance. not in a sense, not move on with your life, but you know, just go enjoy the rest of your life. Has it made you, has it, what changed from you in regards from 17 to 19? I think, um, jumping on opportunities because you don't know how long you'll be here for. Do you constantly think about that? Yeah, for sure. And were you like that at 17 or you definitely noticed that's... Yeah. I was kind of like that at 17, but I think... Because I wasn't planning like my, my real estate license. I knew I wanted to get it at 18, um, but I wasn't like... It wasn't top priority. But then as soon as that like... that Not as soon as that happened, but um, I realized, you know, we're not here for that long. Like go do what you want to do and do it, do it now. Right. And so that kind of, I think, was sped up the process for sure. And then other stuff too, like... I went to Tijuana just two days ago. Two days ago? Yeah, two days ago on Saturday night. 
Well, and, what's uh, up with Tijuana? What happened there? Just nothing. I mean, like, I, I always told <laughs> nothing, myself... Sorry, when you go to Tijuana, there's well, usually the word nothing. I went not clubbing for my, my uh, friend's birthday, okay. but uh, I always told myself, like, oh, I'm not going to go to Mexico. That's too dangerous. Yeah. But then, I, I mean, now I view it as, like, oh, man, you only live, you're only here for so long. Go do it. Go have fun. Go do you try notice it that out. happening over and over again where that... When you start, when there's a situation and you question it, you just yeah, always definitely. refer back to that? Yeah, it pops up in my mind. I'm like, well, like, should I do it? I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I should do it. Damn. Like, why not? Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's part of it. I mean, you you pull from the, you, you pulled a lot from it. And um, like I said, just uh, things are going to evolve. Yeah. Um, I, I think I might have even quoted it on another episode, but uh, my sister mentioned that, you know, grief doesn't uh, end, it just evolves. Yeah. I've definitely mentioned that before. So hopefully I got it right this time again. Um, but like I said, as you get older, it's going to continue to evolve and I'm curious to see how, how you see things then. But I mean, you're off to a pretty wild, strong start, man. Like, yeah, I I think for my case, it's just like, it it is that just pushing me to do stuff quicker and just do it. Um, I mean, like even with college, I'm shooting to graduate early so that I can just be done with school and just on with life. Right. So you just made that simple, uh, kind of insight that time is not as, yeah, just absolute as we thought. Yeah, definitely. Like when not you're not everyone's guaranteed eighty plus years or whatever the average age is. Yeah, I remember when we when we got on the first phone call the other day. I just heard it immediately, and like I almost didn't know what to say <laughs> because I you know I was expecting. I thought I was like I, I put all expectation to the side, so I shouldn't say I was expecting. Expecting me crying, bawling yeah. my eyes out. <laughs> yeah. What do I do? Can I drive to LA tonight? Uh, no, yeah, I think it was. I was just super impressed. I even like talked to someone that same night. I was like, "Man, this this kid I got coming up. I mean, you're a grown ass man." When I say kid, yeah. just because you're 19. No, I, I'm. I, I still view my. I see myself as an adult, but I still also see myself as a kid. Well, yeah, you're young, but the, but you when it happens, when it happens at this age, or just in general, but especially at this age, you know, you, you're kind of forced to grow up pretty quick. Yeah. Especially that you had to handle things more intimately. When that happened to me, I was. A little twelve year old. Yeah, I don't even know what the hell I was doing. I wasn't handling that. I can't. Re- I can't relate to what you did. Definitely. I think. Well, I think part of that was the growing up part quickly came from having divorced parents. Okay. Because they they got divorced when I was like four, um, and I learned pretty quickly to be independent. Because uh, my mom was a uh, you know she's a loan officer, so she she worked a lot. She's, you right. know, real estates every day. Yeah. Um, and so I taught like you know I learned how to make like breakfast, lunch, stuff like that, and just like little by little more independent. As soon as I turned 16, got a job so I could, because the rule in my house was if you want to drive your car, you got to have a job. And so just, I think having those divorced parents kind of taught me to be independent. And then especially now that I've moved away from home, you know, 500 plus miles, it's like I've learned to be even more independent. Yeah, that makes all sense. Yeah, you kind of, that's a good point. I didn't even think about the divorce part. Um, Like I can't relate to that either. My parents were together and that you almost like you had your training wheels on for this day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In a way. And it kind of made you tough as bricks. (laughs) Yeah. I just got, just like I said, just, uh, I mean, I can't give you any advice and you're not asking for advice and I have no advice to give you. I think your, your perspective on it is, um, is something to look forward to for people that are kind of going through it right now. Cause like I said, if any, if anyone's listening, that's going through it right now, a lot of people don't see it like that. So So, uh, coming from someone who's not, you know, I didn't have divorced parents. How was that? How do you think that was different? For me? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, the, com- comparing it to your situation, the only thing I could think of is that my mom lost a husband that she was still with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the fact like that it's one thing if your mom and dad just got divorced and it was like a couple months later yeah. or a year later, that'd be my softest. What, how many years? 
Uh, I'm sorry, what? How many years was it that they got divorced when it, until it happened? Oh, they like, gone, like 14, 15 Right, so it's yeah. a long time. So the only difference is my mother, I think maybe my mother's role in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think I, I didn't realize I became that my, my mom ever says it. My sister said like, yeah. became, I became the man of the house, but didn't feel like that. Cause I was a kid. Like yeah. I, I was te- yeah, literally and technically the man of the house, but I didn't feel like the man of the house. You know, like my mom was really paving the way. So, um, you did it, you've been doing it super independent. And I think you deserve a lot of credit just for how you've done it. I think you should be proud of how you've done it from just a little bit. We've spoken like for real, like the fact that you're doing it as you are, yeah. I'm not saying your mom, you said your mom's there emotionally, so yeah. I'm, we're not discrediting that's her. A, that's a good point. I mean, because I you had to deal with someone who I was also grieving, mm. you know. I, whereas I had someone who was there, you know, I could talk to that wasn't grieving or could actually talk to me because she wasn't grieving, you know. That's an interesting perspective because that's almost. I wonder. I wonder if that's like better or worse. Not that there's an answer to that, but yeah. it's it must be nice to have someone on like a shoulder to lean on that's yeah. maybe looking at it a little more objectively. I think that was kind of nice, especially for the legal stuff too. Yeah. Because she still had that mindset of how to do it mm-hmm. instead of like, you know, doing it with emotion. Yeah, that makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's the biggest difference is maybe this the role my mother had and that, you know, you seem to do have a much more independent role than I did. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I had, I had to handle shit on my own, but I was a different age. Um, yeah. I didn't have as much responsibility. It, it seemed like you had a lot more responsibility yeah. than I did. And it was also, I think, learning from my brother too because he had already been moved out and everything like that. So uh, just learning, you know, from the people around me. Yeah. I mean, you guys handle it differently in any sense? Cause it seems like you guys are on the same page. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, um, I think there wasn't really much of a difference just cause we were so close and we're, we're pretty identical. I mean, we obviously we're brothers. We look alike. <laughs> we, we listen to the same music. We do all the same stuff. I mean, besides he rides motorcycles, I don't, but. Oh, nice. He rides motorcycles? Yeah. He, he sells Harleys up in Sacramento. Oh, so. you mentioned that. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think we really took it any different. Um, besides the fact that it, you know, hit him a little bit harder. Um, and I, I'm not sure that's interesting. I'm not sure how he got through the, that part of it where he found, cause he's the one who found him. Yeah. I know you, I'm sure you guys, like I said, you're sharing memories and you're talking, but has he specifically vocalized about the, the fact that he found him? Cause that's a traumatic experience. Yeah, I mean, he only talked about, you know, I'm the one who found him and he, this is what it felt like. Cause he checked, I think he checked the pulse. Yeah. Um, and he, he's the one who called 911, but that's, that's about it. I actually haven't really dove into it um and like how it felt that day which would be an interesting conversation yeah i mean it's two it's only been two years man yeah for sure and, and his you're birthday to, just passed so your dad's birthday yeah just a month ago how was that it was good i mean it was it was uh i was closing an escrow actually oh jesus a <laughs> celebration all right yeah so <laughs> thank you dad yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you bring that one down in here uh yeah i guess yeah. so um <laughs> but yeah so uh i mean we uh definitely talked you know and just uh just reminisced a little bit but just we, we wanted to make a tradition. I think once I'm done with college, we'll make a tradition to kind of always go out on his birthday and celebrate. Yeah, that's nice. But it's a little bit harder right now because I'm in San Diego. He's in Sacramento. So Yeah, it's, it's only like 10-minute drive. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, the fact that it's only been two years, I think, uh, you know, there might be some – I wouldn't be surprised if there's just some things that are going to pop up here and there. Just But it yeah. seems like you're prepared for it. No, definitely. Um, God forbid anything happens to my, the rest of my family. But <laughs> no, God forbid not. You're uh, – it's not a whole other topic. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I, I, the only thing I want to, what's your opinion to someone else right now that is maybe in a similar situation, let's just say, and how would you elaborate more? You kind of said it earlier, but just to kind of cap it off, how would you explain it to someone who's going through right now in a sense that it is what it is and just how to get through it? You know what I mean? Cause like someone yeah. that's going through it right now and doesn't see it the same way as you yeah. and isn't able to bully it like you are. 
How would you explain one last time how you see it to maybe help them cope? I think the first thing to do is to just look at the positives. Because, I mean, yeah, they, they passed away, but there's still positives. You know, the legacy, in a sense, what they left behind, um, the memories you have with that person, you'll always have those. Um, and the quicker you can look at something positive every day from either their life or just in your life in general, the positives that are going on, um, the quicker you realize, you know, there's there's great things out there in life. Um, and, you know, from the quicker you realize that, the quicker you can not get over it, but get over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that's kind of my perspective because then you just realize, you know, there's nothing you can do once you realize, you know, how much more positive stuff is out there. Um, and, the and I think once you realize that it really helps. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's the interesting thing. The fact that when, when you assume that there's nothing you can do then you're focused on what's in front of you. Cause I think the biggest thing that happened when you, I, I don't know how it was for you when you first got that or when you were first were told. Um, but it, it's like, all you can think of is the negative. Like right. why, why, why did he pass away? Why mm-hmm. this? Why me? Right. Um, and I think the quicker you can get over that negative, the better. Yeah. What do those questions do anyway? Yeah. It just, it honestly just delays the, the fact that they, they can't come back. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a difference between reflecting and dwelling. Yeah. Like I think for reflecting is healthy, but at the same time, it's a deep rabbit hole. Cause once you start asking those questions, why, 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 yeah. then you're just going to be sucked into what the past is, which you can't do. All you can do is that's the difference between like the dwelling and the reflecting you reflect. Okay. Maybe I can learn from this and and project myself forward as to not feel like that and do this again. And I think when you first lose someone, it's hard to, you know, just skip that dwelling part. I think it just comes naturally. It seems like you did. Yeah. I I, skipped everything. Yeah, right? (laughs) At first, when I first got the phone call, I had those dwelling, like, why? You know, what? Mm -hmm. why is it? Why why me? Um, But I think that's hard to skip for a lot of people. And I think that's the hardest part is the dwelling because it comes. I mean, I don't know. For you, did that happen? You know, like the why or... Kind of dwelling over it. I don't know about why. I, I once again, I, I kind of feel like I blacked out with a lot of things. A lot of things yeah. I don't remember. Um, I, I just started reflecting a lot heavier as I got older. Because um, how old were you? When I happened? was twelve. Okay. So you know, it's a little different from the eyes of a twelve-year-old. But yeah. um, I think it was. I would say it's probably harder to understand, right? I mean, at twelve, I'm not like you know roaming around blindfolded, having no idea what's going on. But yeah, uh, yeah, you just life is a different lens. I guess like you know, you're you're damn near an adult. When, when it was happening. So yeah. it's a different experience. But, uh, you know, what you said makes a lot of sense in a sense of just looking at the positives and, and leveraging it to your future. That seems like what you did. Yeah. But it's just, once again, really impressive that you're able to be so cool, calm, and collected. And, uh, you know, I think that's just my personality in general. Though, yeah, too, you're so. like you're like nervously calm. Yeah, <laughs> like, right? I feel like I'm like super nervous and fidgety <laughs> right now. I'm like, my man, you are way too cool, calm, and collected right now. I think I was nervous at first to do this, but as soon as we started talking about it, yeah, it no, I don't, I don't think anyone could tell. No, you, you make it easy to talk. Too. Yeah, it's thanks, just like man. a conversation. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that's sure. it, man. I think and the fact that you're able to do this at at 19 and just project like this, um, and also you said you never really. You haven't really vocalized it as much as you are right now, no, correct? I've never I, – I don't think – yeah. I mean I have vocalized – obviously other people know. Right. Um, but it, the length that usually conversation goes for is like 10 – or not even 10 minutes, like a couple minutes of the, okay, I'm sorry for your loss and then kind of – And that's it. Then they yeah. avoid, then they just pass off. Yeah. Once again, the other side, I can't – like even when it happens on the other side, when I hear someone, I go, I – yeah. Now that I have this podcast, like, I have to be easy because as soon as someone brings it up, I'm going to start asking them questions about it. But some people don't want to talk about it, and that's yeah. cool. I'm not here to force anyone to talk about it. Just coming from someone who did not talk yeah. about it, and my mother used to give me shit for – very politely and lovingly give me shit for – oh, she wanted me to open up. Yeah. As, and she was right. And it may have taken tw- uh, 
some years to make that realization. But just talking about it goes a long way. It doesn't matter what yeah. you say. It doesn't matter how you say it. it. doesn't matter who you're talking to. For some weird reason, there's like a little lock cage in us that needs to be let loose. And it just yeah. feels better no matter what the yeah. topic is. I mean, doing this, I feel it feels great. Like, it's, honestly, I'm super happy that I did it. And from what I've experienced, most people who have lost somebody, they they want to talk about it. Yes, they just they I just agree. don't tell anybody that they want to. Yeah, I, I I've learned that recently. Actually, the more I you know I, over the years, I've I've been more and more vocal about it. Yeah, and I've kind of learned that deep down, I think people do want to share their story, which I'm hoping this could be just one platform to do it. Yeah. Um, but I have met people. You know, I remember I remember I met this comedian uh, when I, before I even started the podcast. And I was just like, I was kind of looking out, I was looking for some opinions and, and thoughts on before I did this, just to get some feedback from people and what they thought. And we started talking and I mentioned the name of the podcast and started talking. And as I, as I was speaking, I like to think I'm intuitive and I could feel, I really feel people out. As my mouth's moving, I'm still explaining. I'm like, oh my God, this guy is not feeling this idea. He hates yeah. it. And then I started thinking, oh my God, this is a terrible idea. I was like, no, no, it's just one person. But when I started asking him questions, digging deeper, he recently lost someone. Okay. And... It was, uh, and I kind of got the feeling, I think this is just my, th- my opinion on it. I didn't really verify it, but it seemed like he wasn't ready to speak about it. And he was kind of had his guard up thinking that it was too much of a topic to discuss. And I really, th- I really had the feeling and seemed like after I started talking to more and kind of confirmed it that, uh, you know, he didn't want to talk yeah. about it. And maybe it's not that time yet. Like I said, yeah. it's not, there's no rule to when you can talk about it. I just truly believe that you should consider doing it yeah. at some point. I think it comes back to that, uh, you know, how do you bring it up? Like I, yeah. in a conversation, hey, let's talk about my dead dad real quick. <laughs> yeah. Like that's it. Well, it depends. If, you, if you're blessed to have your brother, yeah, it's an easy bouncing so board. It seems easy, like yeah. that's that's a layup. But it's when it's someone that you don't know. Like I've told some people, like, yeah, like so what do you do for a living? I'm like, well, I sell real estate, but now I'm a, I'm also a public death speaker, whatever that means. <laughs> They're like, oh, excuse me, it's <laughs> uh, a good icebreaker. Yeah, no, I like, guess the same thing when the people realize about my dad that like they met, they know me for seven years, they never knew about it. But like, yeah. when, it if it, unless it comes up naturally, when are you going to bring it up? And people are always shocked how how like positive I am when I say it. Yeah. Like I just go, yeah. I mean, my dad died, and they're just like, what? Like, right. Why is that so casual? Exactly. There's an assumption that it should be. Yeah, my dad died. Yeah. And that once again, I'm not making rules. If that's how you do it, don't read me out. It's just, I think the fact that I'm really trying to, I think it's important just to normalize the conversation and that it is a part of life. That's the crazy part is that it is a part of life, yet we just keep pushing it away like it's this like, you know, omen or something of the sort, but it's not. It's just, uh, but it's hard. I get it. Like it, it is so scary that we don't understand it. We know what's going on. Yeah. But I listened um, to a song the other day that uh, kind of, explains it pretty well it's like you you have to deal with two things death and paying taxes yeah yeah <laughs> and death is more certain than taxes yeah. there's some people that don't pay taxes yeah. so you know it's like it's the most certain thing we all deal with and uh you know i'm trying to undercover some multiple ways that i don't even know about how to discuss it because i don't have all the answers yeah that's why hearing someone like you i'm truly impressed on how you see it and um you know I, as long as you feel good yeah as long as you feel good as long as you're happy then do keep doing what the hell you're doing. Yeah. And it, I mean, it feels good, like I said, talking about it. And uh, it's interesting to do something like this because you dive deeper into something that maybe you wouldn't mm-hmm. dive deeper into because you probably, you know, have that set story that you tell. Yeah. And you don't really go any deeper than that because mm-hmm. people don't want to, you know, ask questions about it. Yeah. No, and that, that's that's the point of it. So I, I really appreciate you just even opening your mouth and being here. Like, I, I think it's uh, – I think people that are older than you, younger than you, um, I've even yeah. learned – from you right now. So I'm, I'm just impressed of how you've dealt with it and uh, where yeah. you are today, man. Seriously, kudos. Definitely. 
Okay. So I don't know if you have any last words, any last yeah. renaissance where you wanted to shout out to these people. But I uh, mean, yeah, I'll re- repeat what I said. I mean, the quicker, uh, I think the best, you know, advice in a sense, I mean, not that I want to give anybody advice that's going through it, but, um, you know, just the quicker you can, you can look at those positives and the quicker you can accept the fact, the happier you'll be. Amen. We're going to leave it on that shit right there. I would say cheers, but uh, you're not quite 21 yet, my <laughs> yeah. man. So you to go back to, we go back to Tijuana, maybe. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, that's another episode of Dead Talks. Um, Spencer is down in San Diego. So he said he sells uh, real estate. Yeah. So I don't know if, hopefully people are listening this far. Um, one more time, I can plug you in in another way in the description, but let them know your Instagram or something like yeah, that in case Instagram's you're... Instagram is my name, Spencer Sunley, S-U-N-D-L-A-E. And uh, yeah, hit me up if you uh, know anybody or even yourself is looking to buy or sell real estate in San Diego. I got you covered. You are if you want to go to one of his houses and talk about death. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. once again, guys, David Ferrugio, thank you for revisiting another episode of Dead Talks. Till next time. <laughs>